0: Welcome to Flipstoration, a podcast dedicated to the stories of those who strip, sand, finish, and repeat. Whether you're into furniture flipping as a hobby, a side income, or for restoring the purity of a vintage piece, welcome to the Flipstoration Nation. Well, friends, today we're joined by Kim Costello from at Completely Flipped on Instagram. She's a furniture refinisher with 103,000 followers and counting. She posts awesome flipping tips on Instagram. And she lives in San Clemente, California with her husband and three awesome kiddos. Kim, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with us today.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Great. Absolutely. Well, I wanted to get started with something that just slayed my millennial heart. I'm a 29 year old millennial with three kids, and so I'm always looking for ways to furnish the home. And uh, man, you made this incredible bar cart that you posted in the last month. I will link it in the description down below. It was incredible. Like the transformation was beautiful. It looked like it would fit in like a super high end kitchen kind of a thing. Um, do you like making stuff like that on a regular basis? Like, where do you find your inspiration? Because it was so good.
1: Thank you. Um, Yeah, I mean, you don't normally see bar carts anymore, and this was actually a client piece that I did. It wasn't something that I picked up off of Facebook Marketplace or anything. So um, it actually, the history behind it was her great-grandmother's, and so I really wanted to be careful with it, but she wanted to have it stripped down. And uh, you know, being here in California, a lot of the client work that I do is a lot of uh, stripping back the furniture and giving that coastal look. So I have a lot of pieces that I do. which is why I love using QCS because I'm always stripping and sanding furniture. So uh, yeah, so you don't normally see bar carts and uh, I think people think they're so dated, especially, you know, how they come to me or um, with the stained, you know, dark stain or anything like that. And I think people feel like they can't fit that into their home. So we just kind of gave it that coastal look and um, I didn't build or anything myself, but I had to be very careful with it because it was very old. So, using TCS really helped a lot um, on on that piece. But, you know, I just, uh, I stripped it back, sanded it down. I mean, what was the most challenging part about that was all the spindles that were on the wheels and everything. um, And then on the the handles and things like that. So, um, in fact, my husband helped me a lot with the spindling um, of sanding that too, because it was a lot of hand sanding um, Mm -hmm. as well. But yeah, so, you know, when I work on pieces, I um, after they're done, I'm amazed myself at how, you know, it fits in with today's home decor. And that's what I usually say is, you know, I, I flip or makeover furniture to fit today's home decor, you know, don't throw out your dated furniture. You can, you know, um, get that today. And where do I get my inspiration? I, I get inspiration from our furniture community. Um, you know, there's so many different things out there. I, I do a lot of, um, research, you know, on what is, um, in some of the big box stores, like what's trending, colors that are trending, stains that are trending. Um, that's kind of how I get my inspiration from it. Uh, and then really when it comes to client pieces, it's really talking to the client about what they have for their furnishings and things in their home and colors and stuff like that. So that combined is kind of where I get my my inspiration um, for it. Mm. So, but yeah, it, um, it definitely, after I was done and I sort I staged it and took pictures and I said, "Geez, I would really like to have something like this in my house too." So, yeah. but that's the fun of of making over and, and flipping furniture.
2: So, yeah, having been in um, in the refinishing world, it's it's funny how trends sort of come and go. And, and at one point, everyone wanted to ebonize and make everything really dark. And now, it definitely on trend is that coastal, very light and airy feel. And, and you've captured that on a lot of your projects. I've, I've noticed as I've been watching, just some really great. Um, it, it's not a heavy weight in the room. It's really airy and and light and uh, just really blends well with, with like you said, the modern decor that most people are, are choosing now. So yeah, it looked great. That, yeah, that bar cart sure. was awesome.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, and my client, too, kind of, you know, she didn't intend to even use this. She kind of just wanted to have it kind of updated. But I think since we brought it back to life and really could be a part of the room, I think she's really going to end up actually using it now, so...
2: Was there a story to that piece? So was that like a family item that was like sentimental? Yeah, it was her
1: great. Yeah, it was her great grandmothers. And um, it was I did that piece for her. And I also did one of her China hutches, too. So uh, and I stripped it all back as well. So uh, yeah, so it it was a very old piece. And it was delicate. Mm -hmm. So I had to be very careful with it. Yeah, yeah, it was it was been in her family for a while.
0: Man, that is so fantastic. Well, we, there's so many things we can talk about because you have an incredible Instagram following. You've got a great family out in San Clemente, California. You've posted such great tips, and we'll get all, to all that. But first, just for our audience, would you give us a, just a brief introduction to who you are and kind of how you got started into this world?
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, you said I, I live in San Clemente, California. I'm originally from the Northeast. I'm originally from New Hampshire um, and have been in Massachusetts, uh, you know, grew up with both those states. I uh, moved here into California about eight years ago. I have three kids, uh, 22, uh, 17 and 19, a boy and two girls. And my middle daughter has severe special needs, um, the one that's 19 years old. So I, uh, I've always, i always – she's my primary job of caring for her. So it's been really difficult for me to really ever hold a 9-to-5 job. And I'm always looking for opportunities to bring some kind of income into the family so I thought, you know, and I've always dabbled in DIY stuff. I've, I, I, blew up, I, I grew up in a blue-collar family who always use their hands and everything. And I'm just one of those people that just likes to tackle things myself. Um, so, yeah, so I just, uh, you know, so I, what happened was I, I said, well, I was watching a lot of, I was getting inspired by a lot of uh, furniture flippers that were out there. Um, just to name a few names who are really big is Christina Mascari from Pretty Distressed. Um, Katie Scott by Salvage by Katie, uh, you know, um, Kimberly from Born in the Barn Boutique, you know, so I, during COVID, I was watching a lot of them and saying to myself, geez, I, I could really, I could do this, you know, and, um, and then not only that, but I love using my hands. And so, you know, taking care of my daughter too, it's kind of a mental reprieve for me. I've always loved painting. So, uh, so yeah, probably a year into COVID in March of 2021, I, I was getting inspired by watching all of their YouTube videos and things. And I picked a desk up off the side of the road in my neighborhood. And here in California, it's a little different than the Northeast. People put stuff out on the side <laughs> of the road. They don't do that as much here in California. You really have to go on a Facebook marketplace and offer up and such. So uh, so I was I was surprised. I mean, I really had my work cut out for me because this desk was in the worst shape. I mean, it literally looked like someone took a pencil and gouged the drawers and everything. So, um, yeah, so I, I started with that and then I just started, I don't know, I just started posting on Instagram, not even thinking anything would really come of it and just the process and I, reels on Instagram were not even that big of a thing, which is kind of crazy just like a year ago or a year and a half ago. So I just started doing that. I didn't really know what I was doing with reels and stuff, but I said, I'll just put the process up there. And I just I don't know. I just started getting people. Fun. I don't really know how it happened. <laughs> yeah. But um, that's kind of what happened.
0: Yeah. Well, as a guy with a marketing background, I can tell you how it happened. Is you posted really great quality content that people wanted to see. In fact, I went back to your March third uh, flip, which is where you actually put that desk on. You know, on your page, it is gorgeous, and that's what was blowing me away. As someone who. Uh, working with Stripwell and working with uh, flips duration, we get to see so many different people who are out there, these yeah. creative people that will start posting. And you know, the initial work typically at that first piece that they flip is really good, but it's, it's new. That's their first piece. And it's normally not the most incredible thing yours. And I'm sure, you know, the creator can always see the flaws in their own work, but yours was oh, yeah. really well done. And we'll, of course, post it in the podcast link, but just a quick question on that. What inspired you, you know, March 3rd, 2021, you said, cause you loved working your hands. You had seen these other people, but what actually made you take that jump? Was it just seeing the piece and going perfect opportunity to do this?
1: Watching the other you know, furniture ones I mentioned, uh, I just got inspired by that, that I love the before and afters and uh, they made it look so easy. Although what we do is not easy. Uh, (laughs) And I had no, I had no clue. I've taken other furniture pieces, small pieces in my home and I've redone it, but Never to the extent that I got into with this desk. And I didn't know what I was doing. I even used, um, you know, I used Benjamin Moore latex paint. I use, I use a lot more furniture paints now. Not that you can't use latex paints. It's just I prefer to use the furniture paints now that I've been working with them a little bit more. So, uh, and I didn't know how to strip back. I, you know, I didn't know anything about it. And I just kind of followed along. And, uh, yeah, it just... Uh, and when I posted on Facebook to sell it, I think that was my biggest inspiration too, is that someone actually bought my piece. Mm. Um, I sold it, I think yes. for $125 and I got it for free. Um, you know, so although I spent a little, you know, money on the products and, and such, but yeah, I think that's what kind of just got me going is selling that. When you sell your first piece, it's pretty amazing. Um, and it just kind of, that's what kind of snowballed into what I'm doing now. So
2: yeah, it starts an addiction because you sort of. Um, it's funny you mentioned uh, in the Northeast that we put out furniture because I'm from Connecticut. So that's absolutely true. I love trash day. You know, I drive around and it's so funny. There have been so many times I'll be driving down the road and throw it in reverse and uh, and find an awesome piece. And I, you know, it, it's wild. Um, and that's one of the aspects about refinishing and flipping and all this that I love is that, we're, you know, you and, and all these others you mentioned and you're taking things that otherwise, almost have no value anymore to the world. And you're, you're giving it brand new value. I mean, you're, you're taking that free, that the, the item that's about to go into the, the dump and be crushed or, you know, and you're bringing it back and now it's proudly in someone's home. And there's something that's just so rewarding about that. In addition to the fact that you realize, wow, someone actually like values my work, you know, that I'm, I'm putting yeah, this time. Exactly.
1: In and- yeah. It's amazing. We have a lot of furniture people who hate what we do. Um, <laughs> it's, we have, I, I, you probably don't imagine that, but We get a lot of uh, negative comments from people that we've Mm -hmm. ruined the piece, you know, or something. Um, And which is kind of crazy because I don't think they really understand that these, like you said, these are pieces that are not valued anymore and they're going to sit in a landfill. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we're actually refurbishing them and giving them life. Again, so. Yeah,
2: that's, that's the whole essence of, of what we want to do here is the conversation because I grew up, uh, again, um, Tim says 30 years in, I actually have like 23 years of my own time in our family business was in business since 1986. So we were, you know, 35 or so years, uh, my dad started it. So when I was six years old, I was learning how to work with wood and do all of that. Um, and then as a, as an actual job, it's been 23 years that I've done it, but it is funny that, you know, as a, as someone who, who is more on the purist side I would watch the fight that would break out online, like in, on Instagram and in the comment section yeah. where someone would come on and just kind of drop in on someone who is obviously doing this style and they would just start to um, really badmouth the work. And I always wondered why, you know, why isn't there room for both sides to, to sort of talk and communicate and, and appreciate what they're doing. And so that's really where this came from was this idea of let's have a conversation and bring in people from both sides and let's just hear each other. Because a lot of times it's easy to judge from the other side of a screen and just throw out a comment and not think anything of it, but to be able to hear someone's story and to hear what they think and what they feel and why they do it, it really matters. You know,
0: it changes the, yeah, absolutely. the, whole, the, whole, the whole conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So Kim, absolutely. if you were, you know, that's one of the things that, again, like Gary said, we're really passionate about is this idea of that there are kind of two communities that exist within this flipping quote unquote and refurnishing refinishing, uh, World, what would you say as someone who does flipping? As someone were to, you know, if someone were to come to you with that negativity, that negative comment, I think that there's probably a lot of misunderstanding there, right? The misunderstanding of the furniture flipper and someone like you who creates a little bit more of a coastal vibe. What's your response to that? Even, you know, if you're like me, I like argue in the shower because I've got no opponent. Like, what's, what's your what's your yeah. argument well, there? I mean, most
1: of our, co- I mean, most of our comments um, from a lot of us are just just that that. You don't understand we're actually taking unwanted furniture and, mm-hmm. you know, either restoring it or, you know, giving it new life by painting it. So Some of people, when they see it online, they don't understand that there might be some more damage to it that we actually couldn't refurbish it in the sense that, like, put a lighter stain or something like that on it mm-hmm. um, or just restain it. So it has to be painted, um, you know, so because when you put wood filler in and things like that and you can't match up the stain or whatever, you know, the damage is too much, then it just makes sense to paint it. Um, and, and my, me personally, as I try to do, uh, pieces, uh, that look, um, like I said, fit into today's home decor, you know? So, um, but I love what other people do, like some of the real, like artistry to furniture too, you know, that you, you know, those that have Etsy accounts and things like that. Um, I love seeing like the amazing things they do. Um, you know, like prints on the front and things like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I also have, there's a lot of people in the community too. I think we respect the fact that if you can restore a piece, um, you know, with a the, the same exact stain or whatever, I, I think that respectively, there's a lot of people that, that do that. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes you can't. And I think, you know, the comments that we receive also are really from people who don't do this. So mm-hmm. uh, it's funny how they have such a, you know, pa- like not even a passion, but this like opinionated sense that they need to mm-hmm. get in on the action of like, I can't believe you did this, you know. So yeah. um it's kind of funny.
2: It's funny as a purist I've I've seen I've seen some um sort of classic mid-century pieces get painted. And at first like I I just you know personally cringe just a little bit for those for those cases yeah. because I I sort of have worked on them. But then sometimes I step back when they show the after and I look at it I go it, it actually Gave it something it didn't have. Like it, it's weird. It's like there's times where the purist of me is like, oh no, it shouldn't be. But then the other side, I look at, and I go, that color just does something to that piece that it it, it like lifts it in in a, in a way. And so it's it's really you know what it comes down to. When I used to do work for clients, they would say, is it okay if I do this? They would ask me like permission, and I would say, mm-hmm. well, where's it? Where's the piece going? And they're like, what's going in my house? And I'm like, so it's your house, right? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, then why are you asking me? I'm like. Do you like it? And they're like, yes, I do. And I'm like, then that's all that matters. You're the one that has to look at it every day. If you love this, and this is the the that what gives you that calm at your home and gives you that sense of home, then then do it. And and I always encourage people uh, as I I you know kind of teach and talk about it is just you know, maybe, maybe make it reversible, do some things to kind of make it. So if it's down the road, someone wants to change their mind, it can be reversed. But like you said, a lot of times you're not seeing that there's damage that can't be fixed or, and that's when painting, yeah. it, it makes total sense. And it really gives it a great, a great final look.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so Kim, a lot of people that, you know, follow Stripwell, that listen to Flipsturation, they're a lot like you. They started in those COVID years. They were inspired by people that they saw. And one of my favorite videos that you did was kind of working with one of those like viral sounds. It was a hutch that you were building. And the and the song behind it said, I didn't go to school for this kind of a thing. Oh yeah, And, mm-hmm. yeah. I, and I love that because there's there is this sense of you actually can do it. Sometimes it's just like any hobby that you pick up. It can be very intimidating from the outside. But as soon as you pick up the, you know, the QCS as soon as you pick up the, you know, the, the paints that you're going to use, you actually find that you have a real passionate hobby for this. Did you find that you were, it's a weird question to ask, but did you find that you were really good at this right away? Like you immediately plugged in and connected, or do you think that you've improved vastly over time? Cause you didn't go to school for this. You started it and then you kind of no. improved kind of what's your journey.
1: Yeah. I just, uh, I mean, I think for like, I think if you're going to start this, you should, you have to have confidence and trust yourself. And you have to also know that you're going to make mistakes. That's all there is to it. Um, like you said, nobody goes to school for this, but, uh, I, I just always enjoyed, like I said, using my hands and everything. And that piece that you're talking about, again, that was another client piece. Uh, I was a little freaked out because that was earlier on taking on client pieces. And, uh, again, this was something that's been in the family for a little while. So I was a little stressed about it. And the idea again was she had been inspired by another woman who's on Instagram and that she did this beautiful hutch. And uh, it's always tough when you plan with a client to say, okay, we're going to strip this back because some of the pieces, and this is what, what, this is what you learn. And yeah, I was watching another one of your podcasts and Gary was saying how like not one piece is the same. You're, I think Gary, you mentioned you could have six chairs and you know, and they look the mm-hmm. same, but they're they're different. And this was the kind of thing with this hutch, too. And so I've always dabbled in a faux wood finish, uh, you know, and I had done a girlfriend's top of her dressers before. And that's just a little area. Okay, well, this hutch, when I started stripping it back, I noticed that it was uh, made of different woods, which you'll find. Sometimes pieces are made with different types of woods. And the side of this was more like a paneling. And as I started stripping back, I noticed the stain was, was kind of more like a cherry, but it was so absorbed into this paneling. There was no way I was going to be able to get it out of there to get like a natural look. It was really deep in there. So I said, um, I said, I said to my client, I, there's no way I'm going to get this down to this like natural wood look. So I'm going to have to do a faux wood finish. And I was kind of freaking out, honestly, because I had never done a faux wood finish on a large piece like this. So, because now you're talking about different sides and how am I going to get it to match up? And that's why that reel and that audio went so well, because it was exactly how I was feeling. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, I just did the faux wood finish on that. It's all paint. It's all using paints and some stains. But, um, yeah, you just learn along the way. And I'm not going to say I wasn't shaking <laughs> when I, I was doing that piece, because it wasn't my piece um so but i'm also a sense of i'm a perfectionist too so i also tend to take a little longer on my projects than i should i probably end up losing some money because of it (laughs) but uh i'm a perfectionist because i you know i just want to put out quality work and i know that what i would expect if i was paying someone to do it but yeah i mean that's kind of my journey like i i would just say Mm -hmm. Not one piece you come across is going to be the same. Not one piece of wood is the same. It's not going to absorb the stains the same way. So it's really just trusting yourself and having confidence in yourself and and know that if you make a mistake, well, one, don't look at it negatively. You're actually learning from this. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. you can always sand it back. You can always do something to correct it. It's not just once you do it you're you're done you know so you can always strip back again sand it back or repaint it something
2: yeah you mentioned the the side panel being sort of stained really dark and it's funny on vintage furniture a lot of times when it was made they used like really deep penetrating dyes So they would dye the wood and then they would stain the wood on top of that. And so a lot of people think, well, if I strip it, it'll, it'll look really blonde and light and I could do anything I want, but then you deal with wood species that are dark or those dyes that you can't get out of the wood. And that's where what you're describing sort of that faux graining technique is a way to sort of kind of uh, mask over that and still get the look you want, but, you know, work with what with what you can work with, because sometimes you you can't get, you know, there's like, you have to learn to pivot and be flexible uh, when you're working on these projects because you sort of start off with a plan and then you realize, oh, that's not going to work. And you have to just figure out a whole new recipe.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that happens all the time. You kind of set out to do this and then it changes on you, um, you know, instantly. Mm -hmm. So But yeah, you're right. It's a perfect, you have to be flexible for sure.
0: I think I say this on every podcast recording that we do, but as I listen, I hear so many great pieces of life advice outside of even just, you know, (laughs) furniture refinishing advice. You know, like sometimes you got to take, be patient, strip away some things. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, in our January time at StripWell, we were just trying to decide what, what really captures the essence that kind of lives between the stripping back furniture and just life in general, and it's the idea that oftentimes the masterpiece of the piece and the masterpiece of the person is kind of hidden beneath some layers of stuff, and you've got to strip it away. But that's when the masterpiece really shines through. And so, I I don't know. I personally really love that. How long did Kim? Do you said you said that your pieces tend to take some time. Say with that Hutch or something like that. As especially as people are exploring this hobby, they're getting into it. They're following influencers like you. Give them a realistic amount of time that it would do to say maybe take that desk that you first did or take that hutch. How long do you normally spend on each of these pieces and what is your process like?
1: Yeah, I'm probably the worst person to ask that question too, because I, I do take so much time. I'm not one of those churn and burn. And I, I so wish I was one of those that can just turn out so quickly. Um, because I also do this part time, um, you know, in addition to taking care of my daughter. So I usually, when I plan out for a client estimate, I say maybe about two weeks because I also factor in any uh, weather, you know, if it's too cold, Mm -hmm. if it's warm and the products don't work well. So I always, you know, you know, date to be determined, but I usually kind of plan two weeks to work on a piece. Um, And, but again, you have to be flexible and and pivot too, because it might be a little longer because it, it may not, Again, if I'm stripping back something and it's not what I anticipated it to be, or we have to take a different direction, it will add some time. So for my client pieces, I usually put in about two weeks. If I'm working on a piece myself, um, I take a little longer, but I mean, there's people that I, I was just uh, listening to Kimberly from Boring the Barn Boutique, and you know, she, uh, she's she been doing this for maybe six or seven years, maybe a little bit longer. And she was turning out at one point, I think 30 pieces Uh, within a month and I was just so shocked and now she's backed up a little bit of that and now she's her goal is about 20 pieces a month and I was blown away and I said oh my gosh I need to get going um you know but that's (laughs) that's amazing but you know it's all it's creativity too and you know when you have creativity doesn't just come all the time you know and Mm -hmm. you have to just uh Some people have that sense where you can just, they just have an idea automatically, quickly when they see a piece. Mm -hmm. I don't have that sense. I really need to take some time to think about it and digest it. Timing for me, it's, it's really hard for me to gauge on, On, I, I say two weeks for client pieces is about what I do. But you can you can move a lot faster. If you have the time, you can put it in and do it. I, I, you can flip a piece in a day if you're painting and stuff.
2: As a creative person uh, and a perfectionist, because what you describe yourself as, I kind of tend to feel the same way, is there's days where you just walk out into the workspace and you just know right from the get-go today's not going to be a good day. Like it's just not, my brain's just not functioning on that level it needs to. And you almost just know to just almost not start and go do something else. So I tend to, you know, intentionally procrastinate a lot when I'm working on projects because I sort of have to say, I'm just not feeling it today. So I better not try and force through because it may not get
0: the best that it could get, you know? So.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. We sound very (laughs) similar, Gary.
0: (laughs) I think the best artists in life do tend to take some time. Right, And and that's not to mm-hmm. say that people that don't take time are not artists, but I have noticed that the people that put together incredibly quality things, um, you know, I, I used to work with students. Uh, you know, I, I'd worked with high schoolers a little bit and they would tell me like, I wanna be a YouTuber or a TikTok person or whatever. And one of the reasons I asked them is, uh, you know, they kind of go into the whole spiel of, well, it seems like it's just so easy, right? Sit in front of a camera, 20 minutes and film it, mm-hmm. put it out there. And the reality is the guys that you're watching that are at the top level. I mean, their video may be 15 minutes long, but they spent 40 hours on it, right? Because it's just that's how it is. And Kim, I as as we were thinking about getting guests onto this podcast, I looked at your Instagram presence and I went, "You were, or Gary and I looked at your Instagram presence and we said, wow, this person puts together high quality things. It seems like each one of your pieces is really high quality. And so it seems like you have a special gift to see a piece and visualize where it's going to go in that coastal vibe that you have. How do you do that? Is that a natural talent? Is that something that kind of what's your process for visualizing the start of something and then finding the end? How do you do that?
1: Yeah. I, well, I think what I do is I try to look for, um, you know, what's trending out there for pieces. And then I, I look at what other people are doing, try to just spark some ideas. Um, I try to do some things that are different. The thing is a lot of my pieces are either, you know, painted white or black or Navy. Those are the popular colors or they're stripped back to, you know, I do a lot of client pieces. So, um, which I love, but I'm trying to find more of a balance this year with that because I do want to practice other new techniques and use some other colors. But mm-hmm. it's really just, uh, you know, researching and uh, and just looking at, at what's out there and what's trending is what mm-hmm. I try to do. To, what's going to sell. Um, you know, I'm trying, I'm going to, I have a few goals for this year. So one of those is getting onto Etsy so that I can, if I want to do a different technique or a color that really wouldn't sell in my area, I can put it on Etsy and just cast a wider net to someone who might be interested in something that's more of a bold color, which is typically what I don't paint. Um, so yeah, it's just, uh, and it's just, it's just looking at what my other, um, you know, furniture, uh, friends are doing out there too, and just getting ideas. So that's how I, how I come up with things.
2: Do you ever find yourself, um, because I know people are very on this level. Do you find yourself because there's that weird balance, especially when you're creating to sell, like you, there's the temptation is like, well, I know what's popular. So let me just do that. But do you ever find yourself a little antsy to like, just, you know, just go off yes. the rails and just do something that's like <laughs> totally, yeah. maybe will never sell, but you just want to do it.
1: To- totally. I mean, I, so like I said, I do a lot of client pieces and. I really want to go off the rails because you have to do what the client wants. And I just want to break out of that and say, I, I, I want to do, well, last year I was really into, I, I, I love the bold colors um, that people put out, but I know for a fact they would not sell in my area here. It's mm-hmm. more like, you know, I said the blacks, white navies, light blues, things like that. But I love the bold mm-hmm. yellows. I love like the reds. And I just know that it wouldn't sell. So yeah, I do. I, I want to break out and, and do something interesting, or even like I said, do like a decoupage type, you know, thing on the front and, um, you know, you see other people do, or do some stenciling, you know, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I do want to break out for sure.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was funny was, um, so like my specialty was always sort of more of the mid-century modern furniture in the restoration world. That was what I kind of was known more for. But um what was funny was when studying sort of the furniture from that era, I found out that the California movement of mid-century furniture was trying to copy the the kind of the European the Europe, uh, trends that were going on, like Scandinavian furniture, but then also they were looking at California trying to sort of copy them too. So it was just weird. Like they were trying to kind of copy each other and stay on trend, but yet they both didn't know. This. So it's this weird little spiral, you know, everyone's sort of trying to stay in a lane that like is, seems to be dictated that this is the lane to stay in. But then once in a while you get that person who goes like totally off, you know, into a whole new world of color or of style. And, then that catches and it, it starts a new trend or a new direction. And uh, so it's, it's, there's always that weird friction and balance in the creative process. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. And that's why it's good to have platforms like Etsy or whatever, because, you know, it is for more like artists and things where, you know, Facebook marketplace, like, I just feel like I would have, I'd have more confidence sticking something out there that I don't typically do on an Etsy, Yeah, um, you know, than Facebook marketplace. But I think it would just take a long time to sell, especially where I am.
2: Yeah. So. Is that generally where you sell right now? Is it on? Is it uh, mostly Facebook Marketplace? Is that where you yeah, usually find so, um, and then post?
1: Yeah. Well, Facebook Marketplace offer up. Um, there's some. There's mm-hmm. I, I forget what it's called. Is another site that has uh, uh some furniture for f- furniture artists um, that you can do. But yeah, mm-hmm. mostly that. The, the frustrating thing about those platforms is you know they are what they are, and they they are platforms where people try to find deals. So uh, right. you know you you get you get knocked down in price on and. It's mm. a little irritating because it's your work, but at the same time, mm-hmm. the person that is looking, it doesn't really understand that either. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's, uh, it's a little frustrating. That's why I'm trying to move over to Etsy because I think people don't mind paying the prices you have on there because there's a certain level of respect. Uh, that people are going mm-hmm. to that platform for a reason where on Facebook marketplace and OfferUp, and they are looking for a deal. You know, so Absolutely, sometimes yeah. your work is devalued and doesn't always make you feel good when you have to devalue your work either. Yeah, right.
0: so. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I love that. So, so Kim, as you're, as you're, as we're talking, we hear a lot of client pieces, like you're talking a lot about this client piece. One, how would someone hire you? Cause I think that's a good thing to talk about on the podcast, but two, as someone maybe who is starting in their own area, you know they're in the middle of the country, they're in you know, Pacific Northwest, wherever, and they wanna start working with clients. How did you start that business and kind of, could you give us some tips and tricks of that trade?
1: So I had only done about maybe, I don't know, th- maybe four pieces of that when I first started of my own pieces. And then ironically, there was a woman that lived here in San Clemente and she moved to Tennessee. And I didn't know her here, um, but she painted furniture. And at that time, I mean, I only had maybe 2,500, you know, um, followers and she had 11,000 and I said, Oh my gosh, I mean, she was like famous to me. <laughs> um, I said, wow, she's practically she lives down the street from me. She has 11,000 followers. Well, she also had a Facebook page and everything, and she did client work, but she no longer lived here. So she contacted me and, uh, DM'd me through Instagram and said, Hey, do you do, uh, cu- customer pieces? And I said, look, I just have started, I've never done a client piece Uh, And she had an interior designer who wanted to contact me who had a client that um, wanted to refinish her piece also So that is how I actually got into doing client work I was completely petrified and I would say that anybody that's going to get into taking client work is um, Just it's a blessing and a curse to be honest with you. It's uh, it's great because it's immediate money that you're getting Okay, so it's different Mm -hmm. than if you do your piece and you sell it on Facebook marketplace You kind of have to wait and you know this could be some weeks that you're it's not you know selling or whatever Here it's, you know, immediate, immediate money. So I just, uh, I was, it's very stressful taking on client pieces because you're now it's different. You know, if you take on your own piece, you can work on it when you want to, you can turn it out when you want to. Well, now that you're getting into this, a timeline, you know, and then it's, it's what they want. Um, and it's just, and then not only that, it's, it's, it's their piece, (laughs) you know, and some of them are from, you know, a long time they've been in the families. So, um. I would just say if anyone's going to uh, take it on is to like reach out from to people from our community. I didn't even know how to come up with an estimate of work either. And there's some of us that have uh, out there. I actually Christina Mascari, because she's been doing this for so long. She actually had a do- downloadable Excel spreadsheet and an invoicing mm-hmm. that I downloaded. And I kind of just worked off of that from what she had. That's where I kind of started. And now i you know, have kind of developed to my own thing, but there's so much information out there for people who want to take on client work. I would just say, just be careful because it is stressful. So just to kind of set your expectation of that. And I'm lucky I've had so many great clients. I mean, I love people. I love working with them. Um, and I want to make them happy, but again, a blessing and curse, you know, you don't want to lose money either. So, you know, I just would set your expectation that it's, it's a very different animal than doing your own piece.
2: For sure, yeah. It was funny. We just we had a guest on, um, and and they had mentioned that they were moving away from uh, from the customer work, uh, and it was yeah. sort of a similar thing. They were they were getting so uh, busy with that work that it was becoming a stress point because they were so behind, and mm-hmm. and that's I I know that very well. That was a similar scenario with me when I was doing the restoration. I mean, you'd have to tell people I can't start for months from now, and then when I get it, it yeah. you know it you couldn't give them a. And you start to feel like you're failing, even though you're giving them your everything, you're starting to feel like, Oh, I'm not whole, you know, you just feel a stress versus a joy and really yeah. going to work every day should be some source of joy. Uh, it, it can't always be it, There's always those bad days, but you know, definitely some source of joy. So when it starts to feel like that, you know, yeah, that, and that can definitely happen with when you have someone else who has, who's kind of steering a little bit more than just yourself.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah. I mean, I was so grateful how I started, you know, the client work with this, with this woman who, uh, you know, started me off with this, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that a lot of times people don't in our community don't talk about this, that it is very stressful. Um, it can be taking mm-hmm. client work and, and it is a conversation that we have in our community too, is some people will kind of say, I'm only going to do two client pieces for you know each month rather than boom, 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 like churning and burning out client pieces because it does tend to take a little bit of joy out of you. And I don't wanna uh, you know, diminish that, but it does take a little bit of joy out because for me, I started out doing it as a hobby and I did it as a mental reprieve for me. Um, but then there was that certain stress level taking on these client projects. And I have to admit last August, I got a little burnt out by it, um, which is why I was off of Instagram for probably about four months because between Instagram, mm-hmm. Um, turning out the amount of content that I was turning out, um, daily and then doing pieces and filming and everything. it just really burnt me out. And then the client pieces on top of that. So yeah, it's a conversation. We also have people are kind of like, I'm stopping client work. I'm not doing it. And then, um, Mm -hmm. other people are like, I'll do, you know, two pieces a month, but yeah, it's, it's, it's challenging to find the balance. And plus what I don't like either is what I mentioned before is you have to do what the client wants. And one of the things I love about doing this is trying new techniques. And I have an inventory of furniture in my garage I haven't touched for a year because I've been doing so much client work. So um, that, when I'm working on stuff and I see that in the back of my mind, I'm kind of like, oh, I, I want to yeah. work on that. I want to try new things. So, yeah, it's a, it's a struggle. It's a battle that we have in our heads.
2: <laughs> oh, for sure. And one thing you keep mentioning, which I, I want to grab uh, while well, it's fresh in my mind, is you keep mentioning the community. And I love that, that I think you've said that particular word several times already, because I think one thing I've noticed in the more of the flipping community, I will call it that for the sake of, you know, it's that like yourself, you know, usually people that are working from home, it's either it could be a side income, it could be their main income, stay at home moms, whatever it might be. But that it does seem like that community is like really vibrant. Like I watched the comments between, um, you know, someone will post something and, and the encouragement often is is amazing. I mean, just everyone just saying, wow, great job. I love what you did. I mean, and it's just such a, uh, it seems like such a positive environment. So can you tell me a little bit more about like the community? Because it does seem like it's super vibrant.
1: It is. It really is. I mean, you always have a few outliers, you know, I mean, um, Mm -hmm. where someone is, you know, not being um, considerate of others work or, you know, but that's Mm -hmm. like far and few between. I find Yeah, this community is and it's hard because I haven't been in other niches, so I can't see that. I think other niches are also, Mm -hmm. um, you know, supportive of each other. But yeah, this this one Mm -hmm. is amazing. I mean, from the start, I was reaching out to people and we always take the time to help each other out. We do a we do a lot of voice, you know, DMs to each other and, you know, asking about. Hey, you know, like there's a woman who's in Northern California and, you know, we just try to around pricing, you know, I'll say, Hey, Mm -hmm. do you mind me asking how much did you pay for that piece? And how much did you, you know, put it for the client work? Like, what did you estimate it? at? I just want to make sure that I'm within the right price range, you know, we're in the same state. So we talk about that. Um, and just, just supportive on, uh, the work that we turn out. I mean, you see, we, we all just comment on each other and are super supportive, Mm -hmm. but whenever there's um, any type of thing that we don't know, you know, uh, we just all reach out to each other. And I have to say that you guys have been, Stripwall has been super supportive, um, to this community. Uh, I mean, we, a lot of us work with different brands and such and, um, but you guys have just, I mean, you're super authentic, you're genuine. Um, you can really, you can tell that you really want to support us. And I think that's why you guys have just kind of taken off also. Um, plus the fact that you put out an amazing product. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you guys have also kind of entered into our community. I I feel like, um, and uh, and have been super supportive towards all of us um, out there too. But yeah, it's a great community, and I, I think everyone takes the time to you know cheer each other on. Whether it's doing mm-hmm. pieces, whether it's uh, you know if we're stressed out about what's going on in Instagram because there's been so many changes. Um, a lot of us are migrating over to YouTube now, and you know just kind of trying to get used to, uh, doing that type of platform, long form videos and, mm-hmm. you know, just all the way around. We're just, it's, they're, we're all cheerleaders yeah. for each other. Definitely.
2: Yeah. It's cool because like you said, like when you came on, you were, you were new to the game. You have people that have been doing it for many years prior to you. And it seems like this community is really, um, open to the idea of, oh, you're new to this community. Come on in. Let's help you. Let's encourage you. Knowing that your you know your first projects may not be, you know, perfect, you know, whatever that is, but but perfect. But yet, you know, they just kind of keep cheering people on to move forward. And it just seems like it's and it and it's beyond just um, it seems like it's beyond just the work. It really seems like it's relationships that you know, it's life, it's, it's bigger than that. Like I've noticed even some of your posts, you mentioned, you know, in August when you were going through just sort of the burnout phase, you know, it seemed like you, I don't know the back end of your platform, but it seemed like you were voicing it to some level and you probably were getting messages and encouragement that no one ever even saw, which is what's really cool about, uh, the community. It's beyond just the furniture. It's really lifestyle and, and togetherness. It's, it's really cool to watch.
1: Yeah. That's true. I mean, some of us do form um, pretty strong um, friendships and relationships on there. And uh, and yeah, and I did. I got a lot of DMs of people just checking in, seeing how things are going. and um, But we're, yeah, we're all, it really is unique um, because it is it is beyond just the furniture. Um, it's even to, you know, when, when someone's about to hit maybe 10,000 followers or whatever, we all kind of, you know, rally around that person and blast out, you know, Um, Hey, help them reach, you know, they only need like 10 more Mm -hmm. followers or something. And, you know, we're all just kind of cheering. It's, it's not, I did a collaboration, um, with Erin from refurbish who you, you know, and Mm -hmm. early on, and we, we both, um, did, it was a dancing reel that we did. Um, uh, and it was really fun to do, but we were trying to do it. It was about community over competition And, you know, that Mm -hmm. we all kind of, you know, come together and that's really, um, you know, what it is. And the same thing, if, if there's a negative comment that comes across, we all kind of rally around and we'll all kind of comment Mm -hmm. or, you know, um, with that person, the negative, I mean, not, not like anything bad to them, but, but we all kind of rally around and kind of stick up for, um, the person that's getting the negative feedback. So, but no, it's, it's a fantastic community. I, I don't think you can survive without, reaching out and making friends and asking Mm -hmm. questions, because like you said, I started not really knowing everything there is to know and, you know, things like, you know, whether I'm, one of my goals is for this year is to, to really get to know, uh, the different types of woods that I'm working with. Um, but early on, Mm -hmm. I didn't really know that. And I didn't know how to try to, you know, what to do with veneer or, you know, the grain and things like that. And so I was reaching out to a lot of people about how to do it. And they were just so responsive which is, which is great.
2: -hmm. Yeah. When I was getting into business, my, my accountant at the time who was helping me, she said the key to business above all else is like collaborating with others and networking with other people and, and where you cross pollinate, you help each other grow all boats rise sort of thing where, you know, it's, it's this joint effort. It's not this solo act. That's just gonna, it, it doesn't seem to work. It seems like really where the growth happens is when you really work together. Honestly, you mentioned us and, and I can't say enough about the community because uh, you, I you guys have have shown us so much support and you know we're just trying to be authentic because we know that is uh, just it's something we all value. I mean that's something we value it's something that you all value. and we've tried to do that and the support has been just off the charts. You guys have been so great for to us and um, sharing and telling others and using it and it's been phenomenal. so we can't say enough about that too.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say to people too, who are doing this, like, you know, it pays to be authentic and genuine. And I mean, people mm-hmm. can tell when you're forcing it and not. Um, and I think that's like a word of advice too, is, um, you know, just try to be genuine and authentic. And, you know, people like to see the negative parts of your work. You know, I try I always try to show yeah. I, I have challenges all the time on every piece I work on, but people like to see that because, you know, Instagram makes it look like it's so perfect all the time. And it's not, yeah. I mean, We deal with a lot of challenging things on our pieces, frustrating things. And it's just nice to know that, you know, show the reality of it because, you know, and I always say with, you know, when I use strip well too is, or any stripping agent is like, it's not the end all be all. I mean, you're sometimes not going to have success with something because, and it's not that you're doing it wrong or whatever. It just might be the particular stain or whatever you're working with. Like You need to try different things, Um, but don't get yourself, you know, down about it. So.
0: Yeah. We always like to say that, uh, we want QCS to be one of the tools in the arsenal, right? The thing that you have because there's just mine. so many great, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love that. And it's, and it's a great thing that, you know, there's so many great things to work with. One of the things that you actually said on one of your reels that you said was you want to look for inspirational photos, work with quality brands. Those were some of the tips that you were giving to newer influencers. Or I'm sorry, newer restorers, um, with the, the, With the last question here being kind of what would be that nugget of wisdom that you would have for somebody as they are, you know, jumping into this business? I know that you've said so many amazing things, Um, maybe even where do you find those inspirational photos, but what are some things that, you know, you wish you'd heard when you started?
1: Yeah, I I would say just um, have confidence in yourself and uh, like, don't, I think that's like the biggest thing and just uh, like realistically set your expectation when you do this and Although if you're getting started and you're seeing these quick before and afters, and yes, we all make it look so easy because we're capturing, you know, probably could be two weeks worth of work in, you know, less than 30 seconds. Um, Just, just trust yourself, have confidence in yourself. Know, know that you're going to fail at times and failing is good and making mistakes in this type of work is good because, um, you learn from them all the time and you know for next time how to mitigate it or, or be flexible or switch your pivot, your, you know, what you're going to do. So mistakes are good in this, in, in the work we're doing. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I would just say that. And then don't compare yourself. Okay. Cause I've done that too. You know, that that's the worst thing you can do right. is don't compare yourself to what other people are doing. Just be true to yourself and um, don't worry about and get caught up in your head about what others are doing. Um, just really trust yourself is probably the best advice that I can give.
0: Well, Kim, what's next for you in this wonderful business? Are, you know, I know that you talked about maybe YouTube a little bit. Where can yeah. people find you? What comes next for Completely Flipped?
1: Well, you can find me on most of the social media platforms um, under Completely Flipped. So Instagram, Facebook, I have a Facebook page, TikTok, and uh, YouTube also. Uh, I am trying to move to YouTube. I've been talking about it for a while. I'm usually not a talker. I'm usually action oriented, but this has been a real uh, challenge for me. I find it so natural to be on stories and Instagram and stuff. and but um, it's just uh, YouTube's a lot of work, and it's a you know the editing process and things like that. But I really, that's my main focus and my main goal is to get onto YouTube. Um, I have a lot of shorts on there. I already have five hundred subscribers. I just need to get my long form video up there. And I think that um, it will it will go well. but yeah, that's that's my main main goal, um, and then get on to Etsy, uh, you know, get a website up there. and so I have a lot of a lot of things, very time consuming, but I just have to, and this year me it also is like finding a balance. I was literally for the last year and a half, you can see by my my reels and everything, I was really churning and burning content out in addition to doing the work that I do. And I'm really trying um, to find a balance to all that, which is important for everyone. Yeah, there's uh,
2: I, w- I want to encourage you too, something that we, we well, I live by and it's something that we try to build into what we all do uh, with is This idea, um, two things is one is that sometimes perfection is the enemy of execution. And so it's, Mm -hmm. it's not waiting until you feel like you're perfect, because again, you even said it, I think, I think we're in a day and age where people want to see the rawness of things. They don't want to see the perfect polish. They want to see you growing and you, you know, so as you start off on those new platforms, it's like the perfection piece don't even, you know, just, just go for it. And then obviously it's the other is continual improvement. It's just this idea that we're always learning. We're always growing and uh, so that's why sometimes you have to just dive in and figure out how to swim. That's how my dad taught me. He threw me in the pool, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I, you know, you figured out pretty quick and and that's sometimes just the best way to do it. So, yeah, you're, and exactly. you're doing great on the, on all, on all the platforms you're doing. I mean, you're doing some wonderful, wonderful content. So I think it's going to translate awesome to the other platforms as oh, thank you venture you. out. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Well, love you guys. I and I love too. the support and the support that you've given me too. So, and uh, continued. So for sure. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to keep going, Kim. It has been wonderful to have you on the Flip Podcast. Seriously, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to hang out with us. Um, for all the listeners, please feel free to give Kim a follow. The links to all of her platforms will be in the podcast description. Uh, she is a wonderfully inspiring creator. I love seeing what she produces and I'm always waiting for what's next for Kim. So thank you so much for coming on board, Kim. Uh, for all of our listeners, keep on flipping. Uh, you guys are incredible and we will see you in the next one. Well, friends, I wanted to say thank you so very much for joining us today on the Flips Duration Nation podcast. If you'd like to support us, you can do so by leaving us a rating if you're over on Apple Podcasts and by subscribing on any podcast platform that you're on so that you know exactly when the next episode drops. If you loved this episode, you can share it with a friend that really helps us get the word about Flips Duration Nation out. This podcast is produced entirely by the StripWell team. Here at StripWell, our goal is to help every single restorer and flipper have a more quick, Clean and safe way to practice their passion, their work, and their side hustle. Our flagship product is called QCS, which stands for Quick, Clean, and Safe, and it's an entirely eco friendly, no VOC, non flammable vintage furniture stripper. You can pick yours up today by heading to stripwell.com. And friends, the reason that we produce this podcast here at stripwell is so that you can just have yet another free resource to help your flipping journey become better and better as you continue to flip and restore incredible furniture. If we can Do anything to help your flipping journey, please be sure to reach out to us on Instagram. We are at Stripwell, S T R I P W E L L, or you can find that in the podcast description down below. As always, friends, keep on flipping and we will see you in the next one.